Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never Good morning, everyone. Today is Wednesday, January 24th of 2024. I'm your host, Rose Cress, and today we've pulled Fire on the Side. A Fire on the Side is from Tori's 1987 album, Why Can't Tori Read? She calls it her failed album. I mean, I guess it was a failed album in the sense that, you know, it got panned and like kind of essentially dropped. It wasn't doing well, so the record company didn't do anything with it. But in listening to this song again, I was like, you know, this should have been a single from the album because, I mean, Fire on the Side is a really strong turnout, and I could imagine myself in 1987 waiting up late at night to listen to this song. I had this little radio that was my older brother's. If you touch the volume dial, it would kind of make this crackly noise and it was like really loud but I would turn around and I would have it on so so low because I didn't want my parents to hear like I felt like I would get in trouble so I would keep it really really low because I really wanted to listen to music and I would listen 93.7 KRQ like I would just listen and I wanted to hear these songs so I would listen in bed when I was supposed to be asleep I would listen to this I could totally hear fire on the side I could hear that as a song at the time So I think it's a great song, and it's a bummer that this album didn't go anywhere. But I guess at the same time, it's a good thing this album didn't go anywhere, because if it had, then we'd have Tori in that kind of vein, and would we ever have had Little Earthquakes if Why Can't Tori Read didn't go anywhere? I don't think we would have had Little Earthquakes. So in that respect, but I love that Fire on the Side 2014, like there was this definite push for her to play more of the songs. So she ended up playing a whole bunch of them live. And I got to hear Fire on the Side in 2014. When she introed it, she introed it with the little riff when she was doing the shows in 2014 for the Unrepentant Geraldines, which I really love that album and can't wait to talk about that album and some of the promotion, but I'm not going to talk about it here because it doesn't totally pertain. That she had this little improv where she would sing this song was born just miles from here. So it was 2014, we were in LA, and she was like, this song is born just miles from here. Like, literally, I wrote this song when she was living in LA. And then she performed it. And wow, I love, love that she performed this song. And not only that, I ended up buying a pair of leggings that I had for a while. They're, I don't know what happened to them. They probably went by the wayside, but they were called Purple Sunset. They were like this orange and like red and purpley. I thought they were great pants. Um, I don't remember even where I got them. And I kind of wish like, where are they? Because I threw them out because they were slightly tight and uncomfortable. Like leggings that have the elastic waistband where the waistband is tight and like the leggings themselves aren't tight. Oof. Don't. If you're a leggings manufacturer and you're listening to this podcast, thank you. But also, like, don't. 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 The elastic, no. I was a mermaid for Halloween and I got a pair of leggings and it has the elastic waistband. And then the elastic waistband, like, it kind of hugged and then it was, like, loose in places. Oh my gosh. It was so uncomfortable. Just make whole leggings spandex like forget about the cotton i don't really care about the cotton make them spandex nylon and make them form-fitting but lose that white elastic waistband like stop why is that still happening why is that still a thing 
And I say this as a person who wears leggings professionally, because I'm, I'm a yoga teacher and I'm a, yeah, and I'm a fitness instructor. So I wear leggings professionally as part of my uniform. That's what I wear all day long to the point where my coworkers, when they see me in something other than leggings, they're like, oh my gosh, you're wearing jeans. I've never seen you in jeans. Well, of course you've never seen me in jeans. What? I'm going to teach yoga in jeans. Give me a break. Of course I own jeans. I wear dresses. I wear all of that fun stuff. But anyway, what is this song about? Like I was really listening to it the way I get into it when I'm meditating and like I listen to meditation and I imagine myself doing yoga. Like what yoga poses am I doing? That's what helps me kind of get into what's the energy. Because then once I start thinking about like being on my mat and listening to, I mean, I am on my mat when I'm meditating, but moving with it, like I come to the poses. So there were a couple of different things that rose up for me, which I thought was interesting. The most pressing thing that rose up to me is like thinking about like being a teenager and listening to this. And my boyfriend's just broken up with me and he's just gone off with another girl and I'm like pining for him. That's what came up for me because that's kind of what the song is about. I mean, you know, she says, I'm alone again without you. I knew someone had to lose. Kiss goodbye. Go back to your separate life that you have with her. Ashes blow in the windy sky. Take my heart as you go. And then she says, baby, it burns. Baby, it burns. Baby, it burns to be your fire on the side. Taste my tears. See how they burn. Baby, it burns to be your fire on the side. And then there's the refrain, purple sunset, orange moon. That's how the song starts out. But it's it's a, definitely a breakup song. And the song is from the perspective of the one who's left behind. And she's like been left behind for somebody else. And it's hard to say like, is she, was she the side piece? And he's, you know, leaves her and goes back to his like wife and regular girl or was she the rebound and then the rebound didn't take and then there was the backslide and he goes back to who he was with. But it does sound like if you go back to your separate life you have with her, take my heart as you go, that kind of does sound like you're falling in love when you're the side piece. So don't do that. Don't do that. But if you do do that, remember it's them that's the problem. Remember it's the person that you're with. It's not their partner that's the bad one. doesn't mean you have to be best friends with the partner and then team up together and like get revenge because you're making a comedy kind of thing. You don't have to do that. Let's not do misdirected anger at the people who don't actually deserve the anger when they're victims too. Anyway, that's like besides the point. There's that like breakup and struggling. What struck me here was the taste my tears, see how they burn, baby it burns to be your fire on the side, is this sense of welcoming feelings. So I'm listening to the song and I'm like really thinking about it feeling those feelings and that sense of disappointment, the sense of loss. And it kind of popped into my head because I like to do a tarot reading every morning, just, you know, like, oh, what's my energy going to be like today? What's the day have in store for me? And it does really help me kind of focus my energy for the day when I do that and in, in preparation for things that might occur. And so the first card I drew was the Five of Cups. And the Five of Cups is that sense of disappointment. It's also the focusing on the negative, the quote-unquote negative. And I don't like to use that word negative necessarily because negative, positive, that's that kind of duality. And are things negative? I mean, yoga has taught me to look at things that they are just things. 
like a pen can't be good or bad. A person really isn't good or bad because maybe that person, I've had a bad experience with that person, but that person, for somebody else, that person, you know, the sun rises and sets on that person. That person's the most loving, doting individual ever. So I try not to get into that state of negative or positive. Things just are, and then my relationship with those things exists. But are we missing out on joyful relationships with things because we're focused on crushing painful experiences with things and I think we all have met people that are like that where they're just caught in this endless loop of their suffering and struggling I knew somebody here in Oregon like when I first got here and I thought oh like this person's really fun but every time I saw them they would tell me about this intense drama that was going on lawsuits and landlords and health stuff and then more lawsuits and this person's terrible and this person and I was like wow it's just never ending and I looked at my own life in relationship to that and I was like oh look at that my own life you know I'm like stuck in this endless loop with this car accident nonsense and this focus on it and I really did choose to just I, I don't like to talk about it unless I'm talking about the lessons learned from it because again like I felt stuck in this loop where I was missing out on some of the joys of life because I was so focused on it. And I think physically too, I was missing out on the joys of life because I was focused on that, like, oh, I'm suffering and this hurts and, and I have this injury and I can't do this and I can't do, like, I can't do any high impact and I can't do any jumping and, and I'm never going to be able to do those things. I'm never going to be able to run because of what's happened in my back. And there was a day, like, I just kind of made a decision. And both partially pandemic related, but I just was like, okay, I can't with this anymore. I can't be stuck in this loop of anxiety and sadness and frustration around what's going on with that. I just need to turn and focus on something else. And I decided like I was just going to start exercising and really push myself. And I pushed myself hard. Like I was sore for six months, just daily. And it was just movement. I wasn't like lifting weight or anything like that. And that shift in focusing on growing things, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to focus on the positive and be happy and shiny and everything's wonderful. It was more of a focus on growing things. I wanted to grow some strength because I've always been a physical person. I like moving. I really enjoy exercise. I can sit still, but I enjoy being physically active. Like put me on a, on a trail, like a fairly flat trail with not too much up and down. And I'm like, I'm on it. I'm loving it. I love hiking. I love it. I can just go until I can just go. <laughs> and then, and then there comes a moment like yesterday I was doing my swim and, uh, cause again, I'm trying to swim a hundred miles this year. And so I'm getting, you know, uh, I'm almost four miles down. 
I'm almost four miles. I haven't done my tally yet because there's more swimming, but I was swimming the other day and like I'm pushing myself to get my mile because when I'm swimming, I'm trying to get the mile each time I swim. And there just came this point where I was like, oh yeah, my breath is like solid. My heart is solid. My shoulders are starting to get sore and my knee is starting. Like they were just like my body physically was like, I'm a little tired. I'm ready to be done. And I got that mile in. But yeah, anyway, beside the point, like sometimes we have to push ourselves to focus on the graces, the wonder, the awe. And this then brings about the other part of the song that I felt, which is a very important practice in yoga, which is stilling and presence, where we come into physical stillness and we practice presence. So meditation, there's this deep, deep misnomer around meditation, that meditation is stilling the mind. Now that happens eventually, like a long ways down the road, but in the beginning, we're just starting to create a little space between us and our thoughts. And part of that process is presence. It's taking a breath, taking two breaths to simply start noticing what you're feeling and where you're feeling it. For example, she's talking about in the song, taste my tears, see how they burn. There, you know, there's this discussion of really like, this is my grief. This is my sadness. I knew someone had to lose and baby it burns because, well, she's the one that had to lose because she was the fire on the side. So that practice of presence and self-presence. And I think Tori as an individual really teaches that sense of presence, that sense of reconnection with self through the process of what is happening now. So there's this big practice called Yoga Nidra, which I'm not going to lead you through because, well, I know if you're anything like me, I've definitely listened to this show while I'm driving on my commute in the morning, which is not that long, but I, you know, have a little commute. And so I listen to this in the car. And if I were to lead Yoga Nidra, first of all, it's a long practice. And secondly, it's not safe for consumption while you're driving a vehicle because it's normally done lying down as in what we call Shavasana, which is just resting. And then it's just talking you through. So if you want to listen to a yoga nidra, I've got a couple of yoga nidras. Just um, look for yoga nidra rosecrest on YouTube and there's three of them. They'll come up and you can do a yoga nidra with me. But yoga nidra is a deep meditation practice that teaches you the process of staying present. So you're feeling your foot, you're feeling your leg, you're feeling this, you're feeling, you know, you're sensing the tip of the finger or the palm of the right hand and noticing what's happening in the palm of the right hand, not judging anything, not even trying to name anything, and certainly not fixing anything. It's the simple gentle process of feeling whatever is happening. And she's certainly feeling whatever is happening in this song, Fire on the Side. She's really feeling it intensely. And yeah, there's that sadness for it. And there's that grief. And there's that loss. And she's describing that as a burn. Like it burns. Like it it hurts a lot. Like I'm the fire on the side. I'm the side piece. And there's this burning feeling that goes with it. Like I'm, I'm burning up, burning up for your love, as Madonna would say, or maybe not. Maybe she wouldn't say that in relation to this, but there's that burning, yearning feeling. 
And so being in touch with that feeling, she's got this greater self-awareness because she is in touch with that feeling of what it's like when she's just on the side. And when we know these things about ourselves, this is why it's so important. This is not, it's so important to understand that what we practice in yoga, it's not about putting my leg behind my head or stretching. The things we practice on the yoga mat, these are practices for a life of ease. So if I'm able to become aware of what I'm feeling in the moment, it starts to take me away from conflict. If somebody hurts my feelings, I just get angry and defensive. I'm not actually feeling what I'm feeling. Whereas, you know, somebody says something and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm sad because you're questioning who I am. Like today at work at this moment, and it was funny, but I was like, I spilled my tea and my tea had milk and sugar in it because I haven't given up my sugar yet. That happens uh, next week. As I'm recording this, that happens next week. But I, you know, and I, I work at a pool. So I was just like, scoop some pool water out to pour it on the ground. And my coworker thought I was going to throw, literally, it was a cone of water at her. And I was like appalled. I'm like, what? I said, do you even know me? And they're like, well, I wouldn't put it past you. And I'm like, really? Like, really? You think I would do that? And like, I question, and everybody, you know, they were really razzing me big time about it. I'm like, yeah, I could do it. Maybe now I will have to do it because you think I'm going to do it. But And I wasn't hurt. I was a little shocked that, you know, I'm like, I've told you before, like, I may push you in the pool. And I have pushed a coworker in the pool before, but she knew it was coming. And she thought it was funny and she laughed about it. But it was at the end of her shift. Like, I'm not going to get somebody sopping wet at the beginning of my shift or the beginning of their shift because then they got to sit there wet for their whole shift. That's not cool. So I'm like, how could you think I would do that? And uh, they thought it was funny, but I was a little like, what? Like you're questioning my integrity and you're questioning the trustworthiness of what I've said, that when I tell you how I'm going to behave, that you don't believe that. And I was able to laugh at things with them, but also communicate at the same time. Like, no, I've said this. This is how I act. When we know how we feel, we can communicate our feelings to others. But if we don't know how we feel, we're just caught in this endless loop of suffering. And that's what I think the energy of this song says today is, well, what are you really feeling? Now, what are you really feeling underneath that? Are you really feeling angry or are you hurt or do you feel left out? Are you feeling sad or are you feeling loss around that? Or are you really angry? Or what's beneath that? Do you feel like you need to defend yourself because what just happened reminds you of something that happened a long time ago when you were hurt before? So what are you feeling? And that's the process of meditation is what are you feeling, observing what you're feeling, and then not doing anything about it. Because that's meditation's not the time to do something about it. Meditation is the time to observe. You might choose to do something later when you have all that information. But meditation is a moment just to observe. It's the same way, I mean, like when I spoke with Tori, well, every time I've spoken with her, for the most part, if I've had to share something with her, she listens. And there's no adjustment. There's no fixing she just listens. It's pure and absolute presence. And, 
if you're crying, she's tearing up. If you're laughing, she's laughing. If you're serious, she's serious. It's the energy. If you're curious, she's curious. She meets your energy where it's at, which I think is really spectacular. And that is the essence of presence. Oh, the essence of presence. I'd like that. I'm going to write that down because maybe that should be the next book. What is the essence of presence? It sounds like that should be like a song from the 90s as well. The essence of presence. So there's your practice for today. How can you be more present to what you're feeling? How can you be more observant to what you're feeling without the need to change those things? honoring them, feeling them, and as you feel them, those feelings wash through you and you come out on the other side. So thank you for joining me this morning or today. I don't know. I just assume you're listening in the morning because that's when I start these off is the morning. And you can follow me on the socials, Rosecrass on Instagram and Facebook, and make sure you're following Songs of Tori Amos on Instagram. Make sure you follow them on Twitter as well. It's always a fun time on Instagram. And you can head over to songsatoriamus.com. You can become a Patreon member. There's goodies for Patreon members, so we hope you'll join the Patreon and all of that wonderful stuff. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.